This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to the Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Community Matters, Inc. With nearly 20 years in the chamber industry and over 100 media awards presented to their chamber partners, Community Matters provides the R&R that every chamber needs, revenue and recognition. When it comes to publishing a chamber map, directory, or community guide, Community Matters has a trusted experience to help your chamber accomplish your goals. With different advertising sales models and publication styles, Community Matters will help you create a non-dues revenue machine. Let's hear from Becky Womble, President and CEO of the Bastrop Chamber, to hear about her experience using Community Matters. I've been using Community Matters for probably six or seven years now. And um, in a previous life, I sold commercial printing. So I can highly recommend Community Matters because it's a complete turnkey job for any busy chamber exec. Um, Basically, you give them a membership list. And from there, they contact your members and it's no high pressure sales or anything. And it really is a complete turnkey job from start to finish. And it's a wonderful, beautiful printed product whenever you're finished. And I just, I'm very sold on Community Matters. And with a printing background, I just, big endorsement for me. To learn how Community Matters can support your chamber with your next publication, please visit communitymattersinc.com slash podcast to request your free media kit and request a proposal to find out what kind of non-dues revenue you can generate. Our guest for this episode is Whitney Diver McAvoy. She is Whitney has served as president and CEO of the Yountonville Chamber of Commerce in California since July 2016. Previously, Whitney served as Vice President of Sponsorships, Programs, and Events at the San Jose Silicon Valley Chamber of Commerce. She currently serves as Chair-Elect of the WACE and on the Board of Directors for Visit Napa Valley. Whitney graduated from Sonoma State University with a degree in political science. She lives in Napa with her husband, Matt, and their two cats, Tiger and Shadow. I think those are awesome names, but (laughs) Whitney, welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm excited to have you with us today. Love to give you an opportunity to say hello to all the Chamber champions that are out there listening and share something interesting about yourself so you can get to know you a little better. Well, thank you, Brandon, so much for having me today. It's, um, It's an honor to be here and I appreciate the opportunity. Um, something interesting about me, you know, I regularly practice yoga and meditate and has been a, a game changer for me and managing the stress level that comes with being in a leadership role at a chamber of commerce. So highly recommend for those folks out there. Everybody's jotting down right now, yoga and meditation. <laughs> I would recommend that. That's great. So thank you. So before we just jump into our conversation today, I wanted to hear a little bit about the Yountville Chamber. Just give us some idea of um, perspective that you're coming from as we talk about our topic today. So we know about, you know, the size of your chamber, staff, budget, scope of work, that sort of thing. And then we'll, we'll dive into it. Yeah, absolutely. So the Yountville Chamber of Commerce, we're located in the heart of the Napa Valley. Our town is about 3,000 people. Um, which includes the largest and oldest veterans home in the United States. We have about 600 uh, veteran residents there. Um, Our chamber is relatively 
relatively small. We have a staff of three people full-time, including myself. And we serve as both a traditional chamber of commerce and the uh, destination marketing organization for the town of Yonville. So both that chamber and DMO side together. Um, right now, we have about 325 business members, and we have about 125 associate members. And associate members are, are residents who live here in Yonville. It's an opportunity for them to stay engaged with the work that the chamber does in the community. It's a pretty popular program. Um, and right now, we have a budget of around $800,000 for the work that we do. Very good. And I think for a lot of chambers listening, I think your demographics kind of fit in very well with them as far as, you know, a staff of three, the chamber size budget, I think fits with probably more of the majority of chambers throughout the country. So I find it to be very relevant and that that's helpful before we get into our, our discussion today, which will focus our, our thoughts and, and conversation around volunteer management and that can mean a lot, right? There's a lot of different volunteers that get involved at the chamber from your board to ambassadors to people that just volunteer at events and different things you have going on. So we'll dive into all of that and more as soon as I get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Chambers of Commerce have been around for over 400 years promoting communities all over the world, but today so much is found digitally that Chamber Nation believes it's critical that there is a custodian of local digital information. They believe the Chamber is in a perfect position to be that organization. Chamber Nation provides an amazing membership management system you use to manage the Chamber and the community. They also deliver a complete membership development system that they manage for you to be sure your membership community is fully documented for search and much more. Essentially, Chamber Nation delivers an entire membership support department, which is perfect for those chambers with a limited budget that needs to do more. With Chamber Nation, not only do you have a membership management system, but also a membership development system all in one terrific package. So save money and be impressed by visiting richardscalendar.com to set up a demo with their CEO or learn more at chambernation.com. Hey there, Donna Nowitzki, CEO of Yifty here, and we are all about the shop local movement. We're working with more than 500 communities like yours and 15,000 small businesses like your members. We're big fans of Brandon and his Chamber Chat podcast, so we're helping to sponsor his show. But while I've got you here, what's a Yifty, you ask? 
It's a digital gift card branded for your chamber that people spend only at the local shops that you authorize. In 2022, we drove tens of millions of dollars to small businesses in the U.S. The program is free for chambers and free for your local shops. You can sign up for a live Zoom demo with me or one of my teammates at yifty.com slash demo or email sales at yifty.com. That's Y-I-F-T-E-E dot com. That's it for now. Back to the show. All right, Whitney, we are back. Um, As I mentioned before the break, we're talking about volunteer management today. And I would like to just get an idea from you as far as how you approach managing volunteers because they're not paid staff, you know, they're, they're not in it for all the perks of, uh, of being a chamber staffer, but uh, how do you go about managing volunteers at your chamber? Yeah. Well, like I said, we're a staff of three, so we rely heavily on volunteers. We run the Yonfo Welcome Center and that's fully staffed by 34 different volunteers and we're open seven days a week. Um, We couldn't do that without our volunteers. So we've gotten really good at managing them. (laughs) And uh, it's really important for our scope of work. You know, I have a number of things that um, I'd like to share with the group today. But, you know, one of the things that I think kind of comes to the top is treating our volunteers like adults and making sure that we're empowering them to um, have the resources they need to be successful. So that's at the top of my list. But the um, I have a couple of things that I'd like to share with you know the group today. So first of all, is kind of building meaningful relationships with your volunteers. Make sure you know them um, and they know you. Be flexible and accommodating. You know, not everybody can uh, volunteer at the same way at the same for the same length of time. So really, kind of meeting people where they are. Be sensitive to differences. You know, everybody's different. Kind of acknowledge that. Um, And then I think another important thing is clearly outline the purpose of volunteering. When somebody's volunteering with you as an ambassador, board of directors, or helping you operate the Welcome Center, or like Brandon said, helping out at an event, be really clear on what that purpose is and what their role is. You know, as you you manage them, you want to make sure that they have clear expectations so that they can either meet those expectations or miss on those expectations. But if they don't know what those expectations are, it's hard for them to succeed. And then one of my favorite things is communicate early and often. So make sure that you're you're emailing them, you're speaking to them. They know what's going on so that, you know, they can succeed in their volunteer role. And then a, a cautionary tale, as I learned very, very early on in my chamber um, career, is never meet one-on-one with an angry volunteer. <laughs> Just avoid that altogether. Bring a board member, another staff member into that conversation uh, so that you're not uh, meeting with them one-on-one. But those are kind of my high-level uh keys to success for good volunteer management. Yes. No, those are uh, a lot of value packed in those uh, couple minutes right there. So as you were giving them that response, I, I was thinking as far as expectation, because as people volunteer, uh, you had mentioned being flexible, sensitive to differences. So that does come into expectations as to what you expect from the volunteer and what they can expect to actually give as a volunteer. So can you talk to us a little bit more about how you go about managing expectations on both ends from the chamber and from the volunteer side? Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of 
group this into different buckets. So in terms of kind of expectations, what's the time commitment look like? Um, what are their duties and responsibilities as a volunteer? Um, do you have any qualifications for volunteers that are going to be working with you? And of course, that looks different for the different areas in which people volunteer as an ambassador or board member or helping set up as an event. Um, and what's the purpose? How do they fit into the big picture of the work of the chamber? And what does it mean when they're volunteering with you? Um, and then a job description. This is super critical for your board of directors or your ambassadors or even those that are volunteering at your welcome center. We have a full packet uh, for our welcome center volunteers that includes job description for them. And then I think kind of the, the last piece and maybe the most important piece is, is it a good cultural fit for your organization? You know, do are they a good addition? Do they shake things up? Um, and do they respect staff and other volunteers? So I think that's super important. Um, I always suggest an interview process. We interview all of our volunteers that come to work with us. Um, doesn't matter how they're volunteering with us, but we do an interview process with them. We're really upfront with them that we want to make sure that it's a good fit for them, but also it's a good fit for us. Yeah. So on the interview process, like I can see, you know, a somebody who maybe gets turned away from a volunteer opportunity and it's like, Ooh, I wasn't good enough to volunteer at the chamber. <laughs> so how does that interview process work? Do you try to find a place for them somewhere if they're willing to volunteer or what's your thought process going into that? Yeah, that can be a tricky one. That's definitely happened with us before. And I think it goes back to those clear expectations of, you know, these are the expectations we have for our volunteers. Um, you know, this is what we're looking for in a volunteer. And if that's all spelled out ahead of time, and they're able to review those expectations and those guidelines, then you really have kind of a, a backup for your decision making. So you can really kind of point to that information and say, you know, this probably isn't a good fit for you or for us. And that's okay. Um, you know, I always say clear is kind. If you're, you know, clear with somebody, um, that's kinder than being not clear and them not knowing where you stand. So I think if you're coming from, you know, an open heart and being, you know, clear with them, you know, hopefully they'll understand where you're coming from. Right. So I was kind of blown away when you said you have 34 volunteers at your welcome center that's open full time. Uh, how do you go about attracting or recruiting volunteers, especially in a, an atmosphere like that at a welcome center? Yeah, that's a really good question. And um, we've been very fortunate to kind of tap into some folks that are very well connected in the community. But I think when you're starting out from zero, I'll kind of touch on that, you know, as a place to start you know, kind of look towards those different groups within your community, um, you know, Kiwanis Club, uh, foundations or associations, or even leadership programs that you can tap into folks. And then, of course, looking at your general membership for volunteers. We're very fortunate that we have a lot of retired folks here in town that are looking for volunteer opportunities. And so we're able to tap into, you know, that group of people. But I think it really starts with kind of looking at those different groups that exist within your community 
and then find somebody that can be a champion for you in in terms of your volunteer program. We have several champions within our volunteer core at the Welcome Center that are really our key recruiters for recruiting new volunteers. They know what we're looking for. They understand the roles and responsibilities. So they're able to almost vet folks before they even come to us to volunteer. And, and that's been a really, really successful strategy for us. So in what areas besides the Welcome Center are you utilizing volunteers? So we have a really strong ambassador program, and that's been really successful for us. We also have um, what we call our associate member committee. And so again, that's um, that associate member membership for um, Yonville residents. So those volunteers are kind of like ambassadors. They welcome our new associate members uh, to the chamber. They also help us set up at events, check people in at events, stuff like that. Um, and then those are kind of the key pieces that we have. And then, of course, our, our board of directors as well. So, and I, I think that's really smart having associate members because that's kind of a built-in pool as you're with your membership that you can go to for volunteers and and they're hopefully catching a better idea of the mission and vision of your chamber to kind of get behind that and be that champion that you're talking about. Absolutely. Um, the associate member program, when I started here seven years ago, we had, I think, I don't even know, like 10 people that were a part of that program. And we've grown it slowly over the years on purpose because we want to make sure that, you know, we can handle that growth. And, you know, we're a business organization, but we also are, you know, a community benefit organization as well. But you're exactly right, Brandon. They have been huge champions for us. We use them for, you know, coming before town council and advocating for us. We tap into them regarding public policy issues. Um, it's a it's a huge resource for us. And I'm happy to share if anybody wants to get a hold of me more details about that program. Yeah, I'm sure you'll have people reach out and, and want to know more about that. Um, so it, as far as managing volunteers, um, it's one thing to manage staff where you can give, you know, honest feedback, there's, you know, salary, there's rewards, compensation, you know, as you work with volunteers, how do you go about expressing gratitude, appreciation, uh, job well done, or at times needing to, you know, redirect course? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So um, we do a couple ways, a couple things to thank our volunteers. We do our annual holiday party, which all, anyone that volunteers at the chamber is included in that. And we actually do it in January now. So we have something to look forward to after the holidays. Um, and that's been a really big hit moving into January. We still dress up in holiday attire, but it's just, it's more fun in January, something to look forward to. So we have that. And then in the summer, we do another volunteer appreciation lunch. Um, that is also, we kind of bookend, you know, the year with those two things. And then we also um, have kind of a yearly survey that we send out to our volunteers for them to give us feedback. And then kind of based on those responses, you know, we'll, um, you know, chat with our volunteers if there's anything that comes up. But, you know, I'm, I'm a really big believer in kind of um, managing in the moment in terms of if there's a teachable moment or something that like that, that needs to occur, you know, address that stuff right away and don't kind of leave that to, you know, an annual review or something like that with your volunteers. And, you know, I think it comes back to treating them like adults and kind of making sure that they have the um, information that they need to succeed. 
Um, and then one other thing is that, you know, we see our volunteers all the time, but we do a monthly volunteer meeting. So we're able to um, kind of celebrate them and express those, celebrate those wins with them at a monthly basis or address any type of concerns that we have at that meeting as well. All right. So the thought hit me, are you using volunteers to put on your volunteer appreciation lunch? I just, the irony just I thought it's great so. oh my god I love it I love it no we staff takes care of that one all by ourselves all right <laughs> so you had mentioned a, a good key point uh, early on as you went through you know some of these points of managing volunteers and that was to never meet one-on-one -on -one with an upset volunteer so I think that goes along with the, that kind of course correction being able to provide some of that feedback but can you talk to us a little bit more about having that buffer or having another witness there with the conversation to kind of navigate some of those harder conversations? Yeah, I got I got two good stories for you on that. So uh, my predecessor, who was wonderful, retired, you know, before I took this position. And um, she met one on one with an angry volunteer and had to fire this volunteer. And it made the front page of our newspaper uh, the next few days later. Uh, big headline, Chamber Fires Volunteer. And it was all this volunteer story. And, you know, it was her word against, you know, my predecessor's word. And um, it wasn't good. So cautionary tale, you know, and I, I heard that firsthand from my predecessor on that. So that was always kind of in the back of my mind. Um, and then I had a, you know, when I first started, there was a big cultural shift between the chamber before and, and what we are today. And I had a couple volunteers who thought I should be at my desk all the time and uh, didn't like that. I wasn't answering the phone every time it rang because I was at a meeting, et cetera. So I brought in my board chair and we had to sit down with a number of folks and kind of explain to them, you know, the business world has changed since you were in it. And, you know, we, you know, business looks different now. Um, but that was a heated conversation. And, you know, I was thankful that my board chair was with me for that conversation. And it allowed, a, a, I think, to get to a better resolution because that third party was there to kind of neutralize the space. So, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily about, you know, um, um, anything more than just kind of, you know, calming down the situation. So, you know, that's my, those are my two examples on that and my horror stories. <laughs> yeah. And I think they, they provide great reasons as to why to have that, that other person or that buffer uh, mediator, if you will, <laughs> to kind of work through that. So I appreciate you being willing to, to share those as well. Um, you had mentioned about building meaningful relationships. So I can see for sure as somebody is in the, in the trenches and volunteering, it, it's easy to, to, have a focus and a desire to, to build those meaningful relationships. Are you doing some of that before somebody formally, you know, becomes a volunteer to try to help with the recruiting, recruiting and onboarding? Yeah, definitely. Sometimes. Absolutely. So, you know, if somebody has come to our different events and programs, you know, maybe over the last year, we've gotten to know them a little bit. And so we know if they'll be a good fit and, you know, we'll recruit them into volunteering. Um, you know, that's certainly the case. And um, I was thinking more of existing volunteers, you know, just, you know, knowing their spouse's name, you know, did they go on a trip recently, you know, making sure that you have some sort of small connection with them, and they have a small connection with you, right? Like, that's really important, you know, so that they can, you know, be a champion for you and the work that you're doing, um, you know, building that kind of mutual respect or mutual trust between, you know, individuals, is, I think is really important for folks to understand, 
kind of the work that we do and how they fit into it. Yeah, I would say that goes a long way. Just having that that little bit of a connection, just so the volunteer feels like you get me, you understand, you care about me, and that goes a, a long ways into to building that relationship and having them you know, again be a champion for your organization and and you personally. So yeah, absolutely. Um, so I always like asking people that I have on the show uh, for a listener who's out there, what tip or action item might you have? I mean, you offered a lot, but for that organization that's trying to maybe step up to the next level, what would you suggest for them? I think in terms of volunteer recruitment, I think my number one tip would be to have clear expectations and kind of what you're looking for in a volunteer. And that can be different for a board member, an ambassador, welcome center, event volunteer, um, whatnot, but have that written down. I think that's really important so that you can reference that, but also you can reference that with your volunteer. And I think the second biggest tip is have volunteer job descriptions. And all of this stuff, you know, we have available in the WACE library too. So you can, you know, check that out as well. But I think those would be my top two tips uh, for anybody that's looking to um, take their volunteer programs to the next level. I like that. And hopefully everybody took a a quick note of that. So as they, can you know dive in deeper thinking about how to involve volunteers have those clear expectations and job descriptions for the volunteers it's awesome so Whitney as we look to the future of chambers of commerce how do you see the future of chambers and their purpose going forward yeah thank you for this question i think it's really important and you know i think i i kind of lean into kind of this this wise adage that has been going around the industry for a little bit of time here and and that's you know chambers are really at the intersection of helping businesses succeed and our communities thrive and if you know we're doing the programmatic work of leading on issues that are critical in our community there will always be a place for chambers of commerce So, for example, you know, if homelessness is a large issue in your community, how is your chamber at the table helping to solve this? You know, if is tourism your largest economic driver in your community, how is your chamber supporting your tourist facing businesses? So how is your chamber, you know, really helping to promote responsible tourism if that's something that's in your community? So really find what is important in your town, your city, and get yourself a seat at the table or better yet convene the leaders around the issues and champion a solution for those issues. And I think if we're doing that, there's always a place for a chamber of commerce in our communities. I love that. I love the idea of champion, you know, championing the solution in your community. That's a, a huge one right there. Um, well, I feel like volunteer management is extremely important, um, especially as a smaller size chamber, three staff that you guys have there. It definitely allows you to punch well above your weight belt, your, your, your weight class, I guess, uh, by being able to have that, um, you know, that, that crew out there who's out there championing your chamber, your mission, your vision. And um, you've shared some incredible tips today. So hopefully everybody's taking good notes or go back and rewind and listen again and, and take those notes down. But um, Whitney, is there any anything that we missed as far as volunteer management that you want to touch on before we let you go? I don't think so. I think that's. I think there was a lot in there. So there was. <laughs> <laughs> I won't overload you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. 
if a listener wanted to reach out and connect with you to learn more about how you're managing the volunteers, the Anvil Chamber, what would be the best way for them to reach out and connect with you? Yeah, um, you can find us on our website at yachtvillechamber.com, or you can reach out directly to me at whitney at yachtville.com, and it's Y-O-U-N-T-V-I-L-L-E.com. And my phone number and stuff is on the website too, and that's 707-944-8008. Very good. And I will get those in their show notes for today too. So as people go back and re-listen to those key points you hit on, they can go back and, and jot down or, or look up in the show notes your contact information. But Whitney, this is great. You uh, you touched on some very key information and uh, an ability for Chambers listening to really, really elevate to the next level by utilizing volunteers at, at the next level. So thank you for sharing this with us and for being with us today on Chamber Chat Podcast. Yeah, Brandon, thank you so much for having me. It's been truly a pleasure. I really appreciate it. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. I just launched a chamber podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot to learn more and to enroll in the Chamber Podcast course today.